Brandon Brands. Hey everyone, this is I here. I'm the founder of Classroom Without Walls. And if you want to build a brand that matters, make sure you listen to Brands on Brands on Brands with my good dear friend Brandon Burke Meyer. In a world where advertising is ignored, business is exposed, and the only constant is change, how do you build a brand that matters? Welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands, a home for those who think different and push their boundaries. This is where branding that matters lives. Now, here's your host, Brandon Berkmeyer. Hey everyone, welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands. I'm Brandon Berkmeyer, your personal marketing coach, and I believe that building brands that matter is the only way for a business to thrive tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in each week. And as usual, on Mondays, we talk to marketing experts to help you guys get the tips you need to move your business forward. And this week is no different. We have a special guest for you today. Her name is I, that's A-I. Uh, I, her last name is Addison Zhang. I, Addison Zhang, Dr. I, I should call her, uh, is a special guest. I bring her on today to talk specifically about live streaming. It's such a hot topic right now. It's something everyone wants to know about. And she started a show called Classroom Without Walls and has brought on some amazing guests, including marketing leaders that have been on our show and ones that haven't. Uh, top leaders in the game have been on our show to talk about marketing and things like that. And what she's trying to do here, you know, I was a, a professor at a university for 10 plus, 10 or so years and has transitioned out of that because she started to realize that there's more education out there that could be done without the platform of a college or university, that you could be reaching more people and teaching what's actually happening out there in the world today if she got out there and built it. So that's what she's doing. And she's got a, a popular... Uh, live show that streams on Facebook and YouTube and Periscope and other places that you can find live streaming. Uh, but I really thought her perspective would help you today. Someone who's been giving and teaching all her life, pretty much. She's an Adobe education leader. She's been featured in Forbes and Inside Higher Education. She's a speaker and just recently spoke at VidCon. And that's uh, the kind of person that I like having on the show, someone who's out there doing it, making a difference and can give those tips to you guys because she's talking about it every day. So hope you guys love what you hear today. Lots of great tips and stick around. Check it out. Brandon Brand. All right, let's get going. First off, I'm excited to bring to you our guest today, I, Addison Zhang. First off, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Well, I am as well. And the reason I'm excited is and I get to talk about one of the hottest topics out there right now in marketing with you, which is live streaming video or yeah. going, <laughs> going live, as they say. Uh, let's start there. How are you using live today and where can people find you? Yeah, I, I go live on a weekly basis every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 4 p.m. Central Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time, and 10 p.m. British Time. You can tell I practice this. <laughs> uh, every Wednesday 
and I discuss social media and digital marketing and entrepreneurship. It is an interview-based show. So every single week, I bring in a leading social media digital marketers to come to my show to talk about something they are really passionate about and uh, yeah, to be my guest of honor. I love that. And I think we've had some of our same guests, like my the guy, guy who I launched our show with, who I'm a big fan of, Mr. Mark Schaefer, I've seen on your show uh, as well. And I think we both like to my show twice. There you go. So I got I got to bring them back now. But you know, those thought leaders, I think are, are huge to, to bring on to share what they're doing out there. But today we're switching it and putting the spotlight on you and making uh, you tell us what it's like because it, not everyone has got the courage to go out there and do one of these live shows because it is a little bit difficult. I'd love to to ask kind of how it was for you going live for the first time. If you could remember like when that, like what that was like, what you did uh, and tell us. Can we just keep this part? <laughs> <laughs> it was really, really uh, like, I guess that's the beauty of, you know, you don't know what you don't know, right? So I actually started my live streaming journey uh, two and a half years ago to reinvent traditional classroom teaching and learning of social media and digital marketing. I tried to tell my students, undergraduate students in New Jersey, that in this day and age, they do not have to come to a traditional classroom to learn about, especially social media, digital marketing. So that's why I started the show. But I didn't really take any class. I didn't really think much about this. I was like, oh, you know what, guys? I'm launching a show tomorrow. That's literally how I got started. And in retrospect, I was like, wow, I was so brave. And But on the other hand, probably because I didn't know what was involved. Otherwise, I think it would take me a lot longer to get started. So that's the kind of the beauty of it on the other hand. Yeah. But like, I didn't have any technology. I didn't have any equipment. I had like nothing. I had my computer. I used a stack of books to support my computer. I put my computer in front of a big window. So my first very, very first episode, of course, I ran into technology issues. And so there was like, I, I was planning to use Zoom, but somehow like something didn't work or I didn't figure it out. So I had to go live natively on Facebook. And, you know, like there was that little box, like my guess. Yeah. So literally that box was like here. I was like a pirate the entire show. And someone even commented in the comment section. I, this person was saying, I, we couldn't even see you. <laughs> and, uh, and my husband, my children, everybody was walking in the background. And that was my very first live streaming interview. It was a disaster to say the least. Yes. And was that on Facebook? That was on Facebook. It was right? on Facebook. Yeah. It was on Facebook. And uh, we, I didn't prepare. Like, I did no preparation ahead of time. So I literally brought this guy. He was actually uh, being featured, I think, by Washington Post or something, a big media publication. That's how I discovered him. So I had no question. I had like nothing. I, he literally just came. We had a conversation. And then like, and a number of technical issues. But that was my very first. So. I have definitely improved a lot over the course of two and a half years. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that that's, you know, just getting started. I think people need to hear those stories because it is a little scary at first, um, but you don't need the equipment. When I went live for the first time, I did it in my Facebook group, which is a little safer. You can kind of, uh, you know, you can do it to a group of zero or you can do it to, you know, a small group of people you trust to get used to the technology. And yeah, I had the little box, like if you do it on Facebook native, people don't know this when you do it on your phone, which is the only place you could do Facebook native right now, I think. Uh, you get this little box. You don't get the dual screen like you see on most shows. You get like the a little hovering box in the top right corner, which covers a weird part of the screen. You have to like lean sideways. Yeah, not... make sure you do that so like people can actually see both of your eyes. Yeah, um, it's it's not it's a little awkward. There's funny like filters and stuff, but it's it's definitely awkward. And then you know then you have to to actually do it nice where you get the, the dual screen, which like uh, uh, I was talking about. You have to go and use a third party technology, which then you're getting complicated. Then you have to learn something and like try the technology out. It's, it's a bit of a pain, but it is hard, right? So now that it's hard and not only do you have to prep and you have to like know how to say things live and you have to use technology. What's the value of this? Why do we put ourselves through these, <laughs> these, oh these tricks? So much. I can do a one hour talk, which is like, I did quite a few talks and just to share how hosting a live streaming show has benefited my personal brand, my business, like so, so, so many. And uh, so when I started my show, I shared with you was to really reinvent traditional classroom teaching and learning. I didn't want to do anything. I was not thinking about, you know, building my personal brand to do this, to make money. I just quit. I resigned from my, my college professor job. I definitely was not planning on that part. But just like showing up consistently and uh, doing my show and first has definitely helped me build a brand. Like uh, last, last month, I was at VidCon speaking about live streaming. And also I went to an Adobe event in San Francisco. At both events, people recognize me by my personal hashtag, which is Classroom Without Walls. And they don't even like they don't even call me by my name. So hey, you are in the classroom. They wave to me. I don't know them at all. But I think that's the power of hosting a show and people can check you out, even though some of them and many of them may choose to not engage with you, they do consume your content. So I definitely experienced that. Like people recognize me. And also uh two and a half years ago, we uh, relocated to South Korea. And uh, to do a consulting gig. And my friends who watched my show in the United States, and they had friends in Korea. So they referred my show and my name to their friends in South Korea. So right after we came to Korea, I did quite a few speaking, paid speaking gigs in Korea. I was like, wow, this was crazy. So my show has become my marketing channel, my personal branding channel, my Facebook group. And like people, like it is how people discover me and how people get to know me. And uh, now I use my show to do like marketing for myself, which is so amazing. And, uh, and also I, nowadays I restream to multiple platforms and on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on Periscope, there's still Periscope. Not many people use that anymore. And um, on Facebook. So those different channels and more people are discovering me. I, I started to gain like paid and unpaid uh, speaking gigs and consulting gigs. 
a very, very interesting. I'm very thankful. So when I started my show, I had about like four, five people watch me. You know, my husband, my friend, guys, come, come, come. And but now the past several weeks, I had between six, sixty to eighty people join me live. And starting last year, and I really had this uh to really build this global community. So this one person, he's from Nigeria. We never met in person. We first connected on Twitter and he has been watching my show for a long time. He calls me Dr. I. I know him. He knows me. It is just so amazing. Every, every, uh, every Wednesday when I go live, I literally have people from different parts of the globe, from the past, from one, you know, from Tuesday, from Wednesday, from Thursday, join me and in this classroom. We are both teachers and students at the same time. We create content, we create knowledge. It is the best classroom ever. So I really love this. And uh, yeah. I do want to go back and, and tap into a little bit of your story here. You, you were a professor for nearly 10 years at a college, right? How did you get into kind of the the marketing side of it? How did you transition out of that? What was the the draw? What was that story there uh, that made you want to leave that? Yeah, totally. And so I actually teach social media and I started teaching PR. And by later, social media and digital marketing has become a lot more popular. So I started to teach more social media marketing classes. But what really triggered me to be on this journey was I... I really discovered if I want to teach this, I cannot just be a teacher. I have to be a practitioner. So when I started my teaching journey, just like many other teachers, we teach by the book. And uh, so I, I noticed like my students, they were not really learning from me. They were memorizing information, you know, one year in, one year out. They didn't really practice what I teach them in the classroom. And I took that personally. I was like, you know what? The reason my students didn't practice what I teach them in the classroom was because I was not practicing what I was preaching in the classroom. So that was kind of a wake-up call for myself. So I to- uh, that was about five years ago. So I told my students, guys, you know what? I'm going to use myself as an example to show you guys the power of Twitter, the power of social media marketing, the power of building a strong personal brand. And I really started this to be a better teacher. I didn't really expect anything else. So, but the more I'm active on social media, the more I embrace my personal voice to really honor who I am, my unique perspective. And the more I started to do that, and of course, sharing content on a regular basis, and the more social media is changing my personal life and my professional career. Especially two years ago, after I launched my show, my brand has grown a lot. And so this year, actually last year, I finally got the courage to, I was thinking about uh, quitting my job because I started to see income, you know, cash flow from what I'm doing outside of the classroom. So that definitely gives me confidence to see there is this is possible. You know, I can make money other than being a college professor. And the best part is I really enjoy doing this. I don't have to deal with any BS. 
So I could decide this is the thing I want to work on, and uh, this is the people I want to work with. And so that also brought me lots of joy. So that's kind of how my journey got started. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering, like, how is it possible that, you know, we always are like, oh, the younger generation is using these tools more than we are. So when you, I imagine it was a surprise that, that these students weren't, uh, like weren't maybe knowing the things that you thought they would know. Like, what are, what did they, what was the change? Like, what was the thing that, that you had, that they didn't know that you had to teach them? They were in shock, even like even now. So the spring semester was the last semester I actually taught. And uh, you won't believe this. And I actually have students who have never, ever heard of LinkedIn. I was like, wow. And uh, most of my students, undergraduate students, and those are students are not just my own students, but I talk to other professors from different schools in the United States and even in like some other countries like UK, Australia. Like students, they use social media only for entertainment. So, you know, like don't just hire a, like a fresh graduate to run your social media. You are good. It's going to be a disaster. Don't ever do that unless those students are highly trained by professionals. So they don't. Like uh, even uh, the spring semester, I gave my student an assignment to interview a professional in the industry. And the only thing is they cannot do the interview in person. They have to do the interview through a live streaming platform, either on Instagram or on Facebook or on YouTube or on Periscope. However they want to do it, they were freaking out. They were like, oh my God, I had never done that before. How to do this? How about this? How about... They had so many questions. They were so afraid of talking to this thing in front of them. It is so interesting that so many of us, we just assume, you know, this new generation, so-called digital natives, they know how to use social media. Yes, they do. But they don't know how to use this to build their personal brand, to run their business, and to, for networking, all those things, they have no idea. Have to be trained just like us, right? We use social media. I'm sure we all have friends who use social media, but they don't know how to use social media to run a business. They have to learn. Our students are the same. So that I truly discovered that. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I've, and I've, I've seen this too. I want to go to, I, I spoke at a couple of colleges and, and I realized even when working with some of the people there, I'm like, oh, you don't even have a Facebook page that we can communicate on. You only use WhatsApp to do texts. Like there's, there's like the things they use to communicate and get entertained with, but then the business applications they haven't learned. So it's like, yeah, what, totally. Yeah. Makes yeah. Sense. And what used yeah. to be, I think back in the day, we used to be like, we need to teach kids how to write resumes and how to do interviews. And now it's like this, this next step of personal branding. And, and yeah, like, you know, technology. this is like digital storytelling. It's like the traditional how to, how to read, how to write, but now it's just like different medium and students have to learn. And I personally think another missing link uh, in terms of how you prepared our students are is like our educators. You know, I like there are many, many educators who are just teachers who are who haven't embraced being a practitioners yet. And I don't think it is our teacher's fault. I really think our system, our educational system doesn't really encourage our teachers to become practitioners especially in higher education. I actually did a video about this. I posted on LinkedIn and the post has been trending since Saturday. And just to talk about 
like how our educational system is not preparing our students for the future. And uh, it's really the system, not the teachers. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, even think within our own space of marketing, like having worked at ad agencies, I don't know if even ad agencies prepare their their uh, corporate employees for like to be practitioners. So really, they, they know the theory, but they're not actually seeing the wins and losses some of the time on some of the tools that, that are out there. Totally, totally, totally. And also, I think, you know, employees and they need to have the freedom to build their personal brands. And I have encountered quite a few companies where their employees, they have a very strong personal brand. And then in return, the company actually benefit from the employees having a strong personal brand. And uh, But it is definitely not the case in higher education, at least in my school. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I, the, what I want to kind of, if I can help some entrepreneurs out there that are listening, because I like to make sure that I can get some like useful tips. If you're a business owner and you're thinking, okay, maybe I should be thinking about how do I use this tool? Uh, how do I avoid some of the things like the learning curve? How do I move faster to figuring this out? Do you have some some tips for getting started with live that would help? Definitely. Yeah. So I think the, 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 the big question that everyone needs to ask him or herself, if you are thinking about live streaming is really ask yourself the why. So why do you want to go live? Why do you want to host a show? So that purpose has to be really, really clear. And like for me, when I started was to reinvent the classroom. And after a few episodes, I really just wanted to use that to build my expertise. But like understanding that will help me choose my content strategy. So you really have to understand that big question, the why part. Just because I is going live or Brandon is going live and so many others is going live, it doesn't mean you have to go live unless you figure out why. So really be more strategic with this because I saw enough of my friends who launched the show who didn't really understand why they want to do the show. And they couldn't continue this, right? So if you see that bigger purpose, which will make you a little bit more motivated to help you meet that goal and be more strategic in terms of building your personal brand or growing, or maybe you are trying to sell something, or maybe you are preparing a big launch, which is totally different. So my show, I my regular show, I talk about social media, digital marketing, and I'm getting ready to do another big launch which is a two-week immersion program in Singapore to cultivate students' entrepreneurship. So I prepared a separate content calendar for that launch. So this one, I'm mainly talking about education and how our education is not preparing our children. And I listed out a few key important elements. And so I'm using the content to build up my big launch. So I think those are the questions that people need to to kind of ask yourself. So that is one. And the second is, don't be so obsessed with technology. And you and I were talking about this before we started recording, Brandon. And like so many people ask me, I would use like camera, things like that. You know what? When I started, I didn't have anything. I think the key is getting started to really test your own ideas. So maybe live streaming is not for you. Maybe you really hate it being in front of a camera. If you are so bad, like, Right, so you probably need to practice a little bit. It helps when you don't have a fancy gear to be prepared, right? And uh, so I think the hardest part of hosting a show is actually getting started. So once you get started, is to keep 
going. I think that is the most challenging part. Like technology gears, each of us, you can just get a to-do, to buy list, right? So you need to buy this, you need to buy this, step one, step two, step three. And if you follow that, everyone can do this. But how to be consistent, how to have good interview skills, how to be a good host, and how to go live on multiple channels, how to monitor so many things, monitoring comments and questions, engaging in an insightful discussion, all those are a lot harder. So get started because I do believe taking action gives us clarity, momentum, and confidence and even a community to keep you going. So once you get started and then you can start thinking about upgrading because now you have an audience. Actually, I bought a, a better camera because my audience started to ask me, okay, you need a better camera. So, okay. So I, I bought a nicer uh, camera. So, but you don't have to start with that. Start with whatever you have and then slowly upgrade. So I think there are like kind of a, a journey. Yeah. No, I love that. I think there's two things that I like to ask or think about when when people are thinking like, where do I start to put myself out there? And one is, you know, you have to pick the platform that works for you. Like video might not be the one. There's a lot, especially live video, because you have a lot of preparation and setup and you have to make sure you can you can be in a place every week if you're going to be consistent that you can shoot a show, which I, I know we've talked about. You know, so maybe it's not that, but maybe it's not live. Maybe you start with video or you do maybe audios for you or maybe written's for you, but like, you know, finding your platform, just do something. Exactly. Just a quick story. When I had Mark Schaefer on my show, I think it was March or April this year, he was like, he doesn't really enjoy going live or being in front of the camera, but he loves blogging. He has been blogging for 10 years and his blog has generated income for him. And he has another, he has a podcast. So really, I think, do what you love. And another question I got asked a lot is how often should I go live? I was like, I mean, how often can you actually go live? I think you have to figure out a frequency that works for you. You can actually show up. We all know, you know, going live on a daily basis, that is amazing. But how many people can actually do that without really losing the quality of a good show? So I think, you know, quality is always a lot, a lot more important than quantity. So if you can go live at the same time, make sure that the quality is good, go for it, right? So that is a frequency that works for you. For me, that is too much. So for me, the, the frequency works for me is on a weekly basis. I can maintain the frequency. I can also make sure the quality is not that bad. So you, you really have to yeah do what works for you. Like if live streaming is not for you, so maybe writing, you are an amazing writer. I still think there is really lots of potential for blogging, whatever we do. And if you are so good at it, there is still organic reach for you. I, I couldn't agree more. And something I think is interesting too, is I say, if you're going to build something, you got to make sure you're building something that actually has an, an audience that can discover it. Uh, how do you go about bringing community to your shows and having people be able to find you? I know at first it's going to be really small or zero, uh, but how do you? How did you go about generating community and and discovery for your show? Yeah, so I really like when I started. I shared. I had maybe four or five people, including my friends, my husband, sometimes my children, and uh, I, I think you know, for me, I, I like my show, my growth. Everything is purely organic. 
So I really, one thing I truly focus on is the quality of my show. You know, I, I, I spend hours to research my guests, to really get to know them, to develop good questions. And uh, that part, I, I, I think I'm good at it and also show up consistently. And I remember when I uh, emailed Seth Golden to be on my show, I emailed him and he responded to me in like 10 minutes right after I sent him the email. And he said, I, I, want, I, I can be on your show. Two things. One is you are doing good work. Second, you are showing up consistently. And therefore, yes. So those two things, they seem to be so simple, yet they are so hard to maintain if you want to do this as a long-term game. And another thing I want to share is really embrace who you are. Be you. You know, I know my friend Brent Fenzel talks a lot about this. When I started my social media journey, I was trying to be Brent Fenzel, to be this, that, trying to be others. But what I truly discovered, the biggest differentiation factor in our business is you. Like we can all follow the same principles, the same roadmaps, but we all have different journeys. We all have different results. It is because you are different from me. I'm different from you. We really have to embrace who we are. And for me, I really love being in front of camera. Like my personality comes out. I have this kind of overly dramatic personality. Uh, my own children called me, mommy, you're not normal. But that is just me. I think this personality works well with video content. And I learned to to embrace it instead of hiding it. So really another, just like embrace who you are. And uh, especially another tip is when you are starting out, uh, even if you have just one person, treat every single person as a VIP. Seriously, I really, even if I just have this one person with me, I was like, thank you so much for being here. And uh, I, after a show is over, I will send like another thank you message. I really made an effort to really get to know people in my community to thank them from, from the bottom of my heart. I didn't thank them in return of something else. I really just appreciate, you know, I was like, nobody, I'm just like there and talking about this. Thank you for being there. And I, I think when you are being really authentic, uh, when you express gratitude from your heart, people can feel that. And uh, over the last two years, my community has definitely grown. Now I have about 60 to 80 people join me live and uh, people started to do marketing for me, which is a very, very nice, very thankful. So that's kind of my journey. Yeah. I, you know what I, what I think people miss in terms of the, the opportunity, like the value of something like of uh, going live, but especially if you're doing an interview style show is the networking aspect and how you can build relationships. Or even if you don't do an interview show, but you're working on your personal brand, how do you think a personal brand or a show like that or an interview, how do you think that helps you in terms of your networking and growing the relationships with, with new people and thought leaders? A lot. The, the funny part is when you are interviewing someone who is kind of an expert, an authority in whatever field, and people think you are like them. And uh, it is very interesting. And after I got a few kind of very big names like Seth Golden, for example, quick story, I got so many like separate LinkedIn DM or Twitter DM, people asking me to schedule like lunch date with Seth Golden. They think I know him, but the truth is I don't really know him at all. I said, not at all. 
but it's how it's, it's very interesting how people think because when you are interviewing these people, those people, people think, oh, you guys are kind of at the same level. So I think you know, just interviewing like experts in our field has really, really helped me build my brand authority. So yeah. But I don't think like if you are just starting out, I think it will be harder to get big names. I don't know, based on, on my personal experience, I remember one time I was trying to to get a person on my show. He was like, I make sure you have a dozen people showing up regularly on your show. I was like, okay. So I, I I understand, you know, everybody has like a limited amount of time. So I just want to make sure to keep growing my community and to build my, to make sure my quality is good, community is growing and things like that. So yeah, so I think when you are starting out, all of us have some friends, right? So maybe you can start with your friend, especially if you are new to live streaming. So I think you do need a few kind of people to practice your interview skills, being in front of the camera, it is a little bit different from talking to people in person. And especially if you are doing a solo show, I really admire people like just like talking to yourself for that long. So I do think you need like kind of practice a little bit. So after you build some confidence, some skills, and then maybe reach out to some higher level people to, yeah. Yeah, what's funny is the interviewing part of it for the podcast. I'm like, this is this is actually easy after doing solo episodes. I'm like, this is much easier, to, right? You don't have to do that much talking. Yeah, not not a problem at all. Yeah, solo is definitely harder. But you know, I think what I found is if you can write, if you are going to do something that's by yourself, if you can write first, you know, like have your use the pen and paper to kind of get your ideas out, just free flowing, and then you can say, you know, box those into like three ideas. Like, okay. You know, for live streaming, I wrote an article and the things I, that stood out to me are the preparation, the guests, and the, you know, the lighting. I don't know. You know, and then... Yeah, I do the I, same. Yeah, I do the same. I have like a sticker note, like three key points. Yeah, exactly. I, I do that. Yeah. When I, like for my show, when I need to introduce my guests, I have all those like sticker notes on my computer screen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think once you have a couple like of like two or three concepts that you really want to like make sure you you get to top to bottom, like start and finish, then the rest you can fill in with your, you know, what your what's in your head, um, especially if you've done it before. But like that might be a good place to start for a lot of people too, is to kind of write something down and then try to go live with it. And, and Yeah. And also another tip is I think if people want to run this as a show, like a regular show, it's better to have a content calendar. So I used to, so when I started, everything was kind of spontaneous. Like, you know, one time, one week, my show is on Monday, another week is on Wednesday, like different time zones. So now everything's consistent. And the beauty of having a content calendar is so that you don't have two guests kind of talking about similar topics. So I can actually control. I don't even send uh, my my potential guests a content calendar because I don't want them to choose a time. I like I give them a, can you come on this day or this day so that I can control more of my content flow because I I don't really like it. This week we discuss LinkedIn. Next week LinkedIn again. And guess what? Next week still LinkedIn. So I discover if I ask my my guests to schedule their own like their own time that is a lot more likely to happen because I can't really control. But I, I learned to take more control of scheduling my own guests. So make sure that I don't have overlapping topics from week to week. Yeah. I love that. And I love the idea of practice like you're talking about. Like I, with the podcast, I did episodes you know, by myself for a long time. And then when I did do interviews, I didn't interview the biggest guests first. I interviewed people I knew 
And then I released those later. Like I launched with my big episodes, but those, those weren't the first ones I recorded. Those were ones I recorded after having done 10, 15 other interviews. So I, you know, that helps with that. But live, you have to, you kind of have to schedule it as it is, but you can, you can kind of cheat the system by, to your point, starting with people you're comfortable with, getting used to the flow of it. And then when you bring someone on that you want to make sure it's a good show, you'll have gotten the reps and you'll have gotten the practice. Totally. And, and another point is like, I know everyone's trying to get Seth Golden and all those things. But you know what? Seth Golden, he probably got so many regrets. He does. He cares, but he probably couldn't care less about being on my show or not. But when you sometimes when you have a smaller name, maybe this is their very first interview. They're so excited about this. They're, you can tell they share all this and this, and they do so much work for you. So I love having people like that. Uh, you also cultivate deeper connections. So yeah, don't always shoot for the, the big or the biggest names. And sometimes smaller names, they can offer a lot more value to you, to your community, and in terms of even doing the marketing for you. Yeah. And if you guys don't know who Seth Godin is, then, you know, just Google marketing. He's like the first name that pops up. He's, you know, the biggest name in marketing in terms of just theory and thought leadership. And his last book was This Is Marketing. It's a must read if you if you plan on doing any marketing for your business. You know, he's not as loud as Gary Vee is, but he's been around longer. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk about, so what are, what are some of the projects you're working on that you're really excited about? You touched a little bit on this, this trip you're taking. Um, what's a, a project that's really got you going right now that you're putting your energy into? Yeah, totally. Before we start on this, I think another tip, I just remember oh, this please. I want to share with people is, uh, figure out ways to repurpose your own content. This is something that I need to work on myself because I don't know about you, Brandon, I'm a solo person show. And uh, I have so much content out there. Even my interview with Seth Golden, Mark Schaefer, Brent Fenzo, like so much value, so much value. I, I wish I had more time to get clips from each interview and to share on different social media channels. I feel like I couldn't do that. But if I could, if I had a team and really make sure that you repurpose your own content, especially for, for hour-long interviews, get clips, post on different channels. And the more you can promote, and the better it is, the more people you can reach out to. And, uh, and especially, I don't know how active you are on Twitter. So did you know that Twitter now has a new like uh, interface on, on computer for their desktop version? So with that, there is uh, a media studio like feature. And if you go to media studio, there's another one called producer. So once you click on producer, there's another one called live chat. So, oh, I love this so much. So for live chat, and you can actually use Twitter to get short clips of your hour long or however long it is, video live streaming content, it is a game changer. It is, I, I finally started to use the live chat to get some clips, but yeah, so if you can figure out ways or maybe you have a team, definitely try to repurpose your live streaming video content as much as possible. Yeah, I love it. I do that too. And I honestly, I went on uh, Upwork. You can also go on like any freelance website to hire someone. I, mean, I don't even, I just send the full video. Uh, like an episode like this, I'll send the full video to them and they'll send me back like uh, one minute clips with, you know, the text added so that people can read the captions. And it's costing me, I think, 10 bucks a video. 
You know? Wow, that's, that's not bad at all. Yeah, and save your time. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, and I don't even have to tell them which clips to take. They just look at the whole video and pick the ones that they that they want. But I think anyone can do that, and that's that's one price. But you can figure out something that makes sense for you, or you can do it yourself. But you know, I, you know anything you're not you're taking time away from creating your content or building exactly. your business. So really work on what you are good at, right? Like developing, working on the business instead of being slaved to your business, working in the business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's another tip. Yeah. So back to my own program and I resigned from my tenure track professor position after 10 years. You're promoted to being your own boss and teaching. I know. I love this. On a bigger stage. And so I'm actually building my own school. I want to organize a number of short, long-term immersion programs to really add important elements that are not included or highlighted in our contemporary educational system, such as digital literacy, financial literacy, digital storytelling, emotional intelligence, soft skills, all those things. So the first program is going to be a two-week immersion program in Singapore to cultivate uh, students' entrepreneurship. So why Singapore? And I really love traveling. That is for one thing. Another is, and there are just so many really amazing startup companies. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk, he has an office in Singapore. In Singapore, it's like mini San Francisco. And the biggest reason for me to choose a different country is, I don't know about you, I, like, I feel like for me, every time, when I'm outside of my comfort zone, I'm going to have a major transformation. So I really want my students to experience that, you know, like if you are always within your own familiar environment, everything is kind of given to you. You don't really ask yourself, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to eat this? Why do I have to do this? But once you go to a different country outside of your own comfort zone, you have a, a frame of reference to really reflect on your personal choices. And uh, so I really want to have my own students experience that. So yeah, that's kind of something I'm working really, really hard on. I'm producing lots of educational related content, mainly talking about how our education is not preparing our children for the future. So all those elements will be included in my own school. So, yeah. Well, I love that. And the, you know, what's, what's interesting to me is I have, you know, nephews that just graduated from high school and they're, you know, looking, they're sending me their like college class loads. They're like, what should I take this or that? I want to get into marketing. And I'm looking at the lists of classes and there. There's, you know, maybe a couple marketing classes, but nothing that's going to teach them the things that, that are really up to date and happening right now. And so I love that there's people starting to build these programs outside of the college, you know, environment that could actually help them learn what's really going on in the world. I totally agree. I think that's how we can disrupt this century old system. I, frankly speaking, when you look at our computer, telecommunication, medical field, so many industries have gone through radical transformations. But when you look at education a hundred years ago today, not much has been changed. No, I think I think maybe they brought some iPads in. That, that's exactly. about it. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I love like when like for me for my own children, if they want to learn uh, how to do a podcast, I will send him to they my own children to you who actually have done this instead of like to a teacher who is teaching by the book. It is so different. You know, nobody learns how to drive a car by sitting in a classroom. 
taking exams, right? Even for me, like I write articles regarding how to go live. I truly learned how to go live by actually hosting a live streaming show. Taking action is the best way to give us clarity, confidence, and to learn. I love that. And I think that anyways, we're coming towards the back end of the show here. I think that's a a huge message that I hope that people rewind and play again to take action, to put yourselves out there, to learn from the people that are doing it themselves. And if people want to find you and follow what you're doing, what's the plate? Where can they find you online uh, most often? Where where do you want them to connect with you? Yes. So join me every Wednesday on my live streaming show. I interview social media, digital marketers. I just booked Brendan to come to my show. So thankfully he said, yes. I'll be there. Yeah. So every Wednesday, so join me on that. I go live on LinkedIn, Facebook, Periscope, and YouTube. And uh, follow me on social media. My name is A-I-A-D-D-Y-S-O-N-Z-H-A-N-G. A very long name across social media platforms, the same handle. And that'll be linked up in the show notes. Check her out. One of the few that got out there first getting the live video done. And obviously, Big Heart here has been teaching people forever and now is trying to teach the world how to do this stuff. So thank you for what you do. Thanks for coming on today. I really appreciated having you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I can't wait to have you on my show. (laughs) We'll do it. All right. Catch you next time. You've just taken your marketing knowledge to another level with this episode of Brands on Brands on Brands. But we have plenty more ways to not just help you build a business, but build a brand. Head over to brandandbrands.com for more resources, as well as access to our blogs, videos, and exclusive coaching sessions with your host. Be sure to visit brandandbrands.com.